0: speaks with CASA
1: Overall. Hey everyone and welcome to the Holt Center Podcast. I'm Rich Hobby, Director of Marketing at The Holt, and thank you for joining us for today's interview with CASA Overall, who is our next featured artist in our 10 for 10 series, a series focused on bringing stellar rising talent to our stages and accessible with all tickets costing just $10. The next show is on February fifteenth and features Casa Overall, a jazz artist raised in Seattle, now based in New York City. Casa, welcome to the show.
0: What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Uh,
1: please tell us about yourself and how this project came to be.
0: Well, um, that's like a that's like a three hour long podcast answer, but if I had to distill it into twenty seconds, uh, you know, I grew up as a jazz drummer. I grew up as a drummer, born in a musical household and. You know, many, many stories later, I ended up as a jazz performance major at Oberlin College. And then a few moons later, I ended up trying to become a jazz drummer in New York, where I played with a, lo- a ton of people from Jerry Allen to Steve Coleman to Vijay Iyer to Francis and the Lights, Mayor Hawthorne, a ton of people. And um, the whole time, I was also making beats and writing raps at the crib. And um, eventually, I realized that the voice that was my own was a mixture of this uh, virtuosity, jazz drumming approach with what I was discovering and discovered just growing up as you know a hip hop head and all of that. And so eventually, I'd say about four years ago now, I found a way to kind of fuse it all together. And and that's now what what I consider, you know, my musical offering, my artistic expression. So it's it's a mixture of, you know, the the vast, um, the vast virtuosity of of studied academic music and and as well as my own stories and poetry and beats and things like that. And so, yeah, that's a quick nutshell right there.
1: I really enjoy how your music fuses elements of jazz and hip hop in a way that feels futuristic and ahead of its time. How do you navigate those influences into your creativity?
0: Well, it's funny. It's funny because, you know, I think my stuff sounds futuristic as well, you know, and and when I listen and, and, you know, I'm trying to break down any walls and just kind of make what feels like I should be making, you know what I mean? But when it came, when it comes to playing the drums and, and, and that whole thing, I'm really like an old school type of cat, you know what I mean? Like, I came into this um, thinking about the cymbal beat, you know, and I saw Elvin Jones nine times, and um, I studied with Billy Higgins for a few weeks, and I studied with Billy Hart, and so I'm really more like coming from the tradition, so to speak, you know, and what I try to do is I try to take all those principles that I learned from the tradition and to, and apply it to different settings, you know. So I try to find different ways to apply the concepts of polyrhythm and the concepts of call and response and the concepts of sensitivity as a drummer. You know what I mean? I think that all translates over to the laptop and to beat machines and to when you start putting sounds together. So, um, you know, there's this. It <laughs> sounds kind of funny, but there's this term called Sankofa, right? Where you you move forward, but but while always looking to the past, you know. And I think that um, if you really want to make something futuristic, you got the further far the farther back you can go in terms of what you're pulling from. Maybe the the further in the future you could push it as well. I guess it's kind of like a, a theory. I like that. Well, we have to touch
1: on the phenomenal album you released in 2020 entitled "I Think I'm Good."
0: Welcome to Planet Earth. where if you slip, then you die. Vision full of scars. Still, they listen to I. Been through a little. Still, it feel like a lot. When I lay down the rest, and it feel like a plot. It's Please and tell down. us about the album and what
1: it took to create and get it out there.
0: Well, um, that that album is the that's the second album. Um, utilizing this kind of concept that I was fortunate enough to kind of stumble on creativ- creatively you know where I'm mixing I'm mixing these genres in ways that are you know maybe not not so uh researched already you know and so I put out Go Get Ice Cream and Listen to Jazz in 2019 and then I put out I think I'm good in 2020 and um, I Think I'm Good is more like I've established the concept, like the production idea and kind of the genre mix and concept already. But then I Think I'm Good, I really started to dive deep into my own personal uh, stories and things like that. So, um, you know, I dealt with uh, depression and mental illness and things throughout my life. And that album was actually almost like a, a love story to that whole experience, you know what I mean? And and I started making songs that were kind of bringing to light some of the things I might not know how to really just deal with in my day-to-day life and using music and the pen and the pad as a way to kind of like process some of these things. And uh, so in a sense, it's a, it's a therapy album. Um, and it's funny that it came out. I don't know if it's funny, but it came out right before the pandemic hit, and uh, it really felt like almost a soundtrack to the pandemic, you know. Um, in the process of making the album, I almost felt like it was a little too much of a isolated, alone-sounding album, you know, and then the album comes out and the whole world has to kind of deal with the same questions, you know, so... That's a little bit about that album.
1: Is there a song on the album that has connected with people more than others? Uh, what was the song, and what about it
0: was connecting with people? Uh, it's uh, the song would be "Darkness in Mind." favorite living pianist he's a you know he's an extreme virtuoso um and I've worked with him since college and uh that song actually takes uh, uh it's it's ho- the whole song is built around a Chopin piece um prelude number 4 in e minor I believe but um basically that song kind of encapsulates what I was talking about the whole thing is of of dealing with your inner shadow and stuff and that song we we performed that song for a few years before it, it came out on the album and after every show someone would always come up to me and say hey man what was that song i need to hear that like i need to listen to that song for the rest of my life like and i say it's not out yet you know it's a i got to i got to i got a uh you know, properly prepare putting that song out. And I, I would also say that um, the album, I think I'm good. Not too many people know this, but it's almost like a a bed for that song. Like I had that song and I needed to make an album that could, you know, hold that song. You know, that's how that's how important that song is for me.
1: That's amazing. Now you released the album in the start of 2020, and there were a number of big cultural shifts that happened that year. Your album seemed to touch on a number of big topics, like especially with the song "Show Me a Prison." What was it like seeing these huge issues uh, become front and center that year?
0: Well, I think that uh, I think that the art is the ignition. You know, I think that art stimulates something you know what we if we're lucky enough we we get an inspiration and we make something that kind of nods at what's coming you know and so i think that um when i made those songs uh uh even the album before i had a song called prison and pharmaceuticals right and that i made that song right when um uh Trump got in office. And basically the song was inspired by a very small news clip, which was that the stocks that skyrocketed as he came into office were were prison stocks, right? They're literally stocks that you can buy that are, you know, stocks and shares of private prisons, right? And then pharmaceutical companies. And me being somebody that took medication in the past, spent, you know, 10 days in a mental hospital twice and took years trying to get off of medication. that didn't feel right. I understand that the, the, the pharmaceutical industry as an industry and the prison industry as an industry of commerce and to see that to see that like the stock market is excited about these stocks because of this changing of the guard it kind of made me think it made me think about all of us not just not just you know whatever made those stocks go up but it, it makes me think about our whole collective part in this Machine, you know, show up on stage like what's the commotion? Where my ancestors in the Indian Ocean, light skin, but I still need me some lotion. Read a lot of books like Who You Provoking, Uncle Sam, pimpin' right down to the cuticles. What's the best stocks, prison, and pharmaceuticals? Hey, they want him back on the Prozac. He would have got away, but they tracking the low jack. College educated, but he acts so black. Can we go keep screaming till they take that coke back? They want to back on the pro-zag. back on the pro-zag. back on
1: the Another topic I wanted to touch on was uh, awareness of mental health issues and how that has also come front and center recently. What's it been like seeing that topic discussed more openly?
0: Well, I think that um just from talking to people around me and talking to even people I don't know so well, but um it's it's now it's just a norm you know I don't if you don't have something really serious that you're dealing with as far as like how do I relate in today's world if you don't have that going on I would say that's weird you know what I mean like and, and uh, I actually like I like because I'm already kind of outspoken about it I'm like man I'm already been I've been feeling weird about this for years you know so when I talk to people and they're like and I kind of lay it out there open I think it makes everybody feel a little more relaxed like okay you know if if I can explain to you what it feels like to have a manic episode and you can explain to me what it feels like on a Monday and you realize that this is all you know just different extremes of something that's a natural part of the human condition you know and um I don't know. I don't have the answer, but I do know that for me, I think connecting back to nature is uh, huge, you know, because we're so technological now and we're so excited about, you know, we're excited about the metaverse and all this stuff. And it's kind of just this big, it's this big idea of like technological evolution and stuff. But at the end of the day, um, we've had a, we've, we've, we're not as a whole, we're not as connected to nature as we once were. And I think that's a huge key, you know, and, um, the Northwest knows about that. I was about to say your, your Seattle side is showing. Yeah, man. I'm re- I'm about to wait. I'm about to double down, man. Pretty soon. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be living on the beach like we were talking about. And, and awesome. Now I have to ask. What is the live
1: experience of seeing Casa overall in person? What can people expect?
0: Well, I think you can expect um, a whole nother experience from the album. Differently. Different from the album. You know, a, a lot of artists will show up and they'll just play the album. And, you you know, if, if they're a huge artist, you know, maybe all the crowd knows the songs and they hear the songs performed and it's just, it is what it is. But... um like I said, I came up playing in the, in the jazz world. You know, I came up improvising. And so everything we're doing, we're taking some of the material that I did in the record, but we're deconstructing everything and figuring out ways to improvise within those, you know, in, in within those architectural forms. And, um. The other side of that is my my musical process for making music is also improvisational. So part of the reason we improvise is that that's part of the texture of the feeling of the music. Um, now the band, I'm gonna have four virtuosos up there with me, so I'm I'm gonna be on drums and vocals, a little electronics. Um, Tomoki Sanders is playing saxophone. And you know, DJ electronics. Ian Fink is playing, um, Ian, uh, Tomoki Sanders is from Japan and the offspring of Farrell Sanders, by the way. And, um, Ian, Ian Fink is from Detroit, I studied with Jerry Allen. He's on keys. And then Benji Alonso is on percussion. And, uh, he's a Haitian American percussionist. And so, um, yeah, man, we're just gonna we're just gonna give a, a an experience, you know. Like we do some of the album stuff, but then we also like to to journey and adventure in every performance, and it's nothing is nothing's the same. One
1: question I like to ask every artist is an old and a new. Could you tell us about an older album that had a big impact on you as an artist, and then also tell us about a recent release that it also has had a big impact on you?
0: Okay, so the young musician one is easy. I'm going to go with Crescent by uh, the John Coltrane Quartet, particularly track 2, uh Wise One. Which for if there's any actual like super jazz heads listening, I recently I've been doing research and it turns out that's uh that song was also written for Naima, his first wife. Um as far as new music, man, I'm always so hesitant. In the past year, I'm gonna say you gotta listen to "Shades of Flute 2 by Casa Overall on Bandcamp. <laughs> I'm not gonna front, man. "Shades of Flute 2 slaps, and Cats are really like need to step it up. So until then, I'm gonna have to say you gotta listen to my own stuff. <laughs>
1: Hey, man, you got to be your own promoter sometimes.
0: Hey, man, bandcamp.com,
1: casa Overall. We're really excited to have you here on February 15th. Casa, where can people
0: go to find your music? Um, You can type casa Overall, K-A-S-S-A-O-V-E-R-A-L-L. You can type it into Google and find your way. You know, whatever streaming platform you listen to, I'm on there. Um, I will say I have two... Mixtapes that are only on Bandcamp and those are also my newest things, but they're kinda more for the for the heads. And then if you go to YouTube, I also have quite a few music videos I've done in the past few years that are only on YouTube. So besides that, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere. We got vinyl in lots of stores. Um I got merch and vinyl on my Instagram and so you know, it's everywhere. Nowadays Just type it into a search engine and I'll come up.
1: And I know we've talked a lot about Seattle, but as a local, I have to know what was it like to do an in studio performance at KEXP?
0: Man, that was amazing. Like, if you can, (laughs) like, that opens up a whole nother can of worms. But um, if you can imagine, February 17th, I'm at Blue Note, Tokyo. And then I come back, open for Bilal in New York. Then I go to the West Coast and I do a quick West Coast run. Merch is selling out every night. This is February 2020. I'm really feeling like, okay, this is about to really pop off. Like, I'm about to really do this. March 1st, in studio, KEXP. It felt like a dream. You know, I'm running on low sleep. The band is sounding great. We did our thing. And then, like, two weeks later, Lockdowns, You know what I mean? So I would say like it was the highest high. And it was also like there was this worry about this looming pandemic and then everything shut down. So I think that 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 moment will always, you know, live in my heart, you know, to just not take it for granted and to realize that, like, things change like that, you know. But that was definitely a high moment, man.
1: And last question, I promise, I have to ask, what was your experience like for that first show back in front of a live audience?
0: The th- the word that comes to mind is cathartic, you know, and not only for me, but for the the crowd as well. I could tell it was like um, it's like. You know how food tastes when you're super hungry? <laughs> like that's the best slice of pizza I ever had. That was the best bowl of raisin bran I've ever had, you know? Right. And uh it was like that, man. It just was it was like nothing but gratitude and catharsis and like realizing like sometimes you don't know what you're missing until you get it and you're like, "Oh. That's right. That's why I do all of this." Casa,
1: thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, and we cannot wait to see you live on stage at the Holt Center on February 15th for our 10 for 10 series. Safe travels to you,
0: and can't wait to see you soon. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. It's great talking to you.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Holt Center podcast. For information about this show and other upcoming events, check out HoltCenter.org.